the cloud. Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own problems and stress, are offering others understanding and compassion and love and ways to relax even under the pandemic strain and to heal and, and relax from weight of the current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Pamela Barton. Pamela is a holistic nutritionist. Welcome, Pamela. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to well, be here. I am so happy that you are here. And I guess my first question needs to be, tell me what a nutrition, a, a holistic nutritionist is, and particularly how that might differ from just a nutritionist. Yeah, thank you so much. Great question. So a holistic nutritionist basically takes the whole body into account when we look at um, the problems that people are trying to solve for themselves. So we never just look at one symptom or one thing, um, but we, we try to make sense of the person as a whole. And, and we know that the body, part, body parts and the body systems, how we call it, are they're all connected and they play together in the body. So you might feel a symptom, let's say you have a headache, right? And you could now go about it and take a, a headache pill for that. Um, but I would wanna know like, how come you get a headache, especially if you get them on a regular basis? So what might be the underlying uh, problem that your body is having um, for you to constantly have headaches? So that is like a holistic view of the problem versus just giving you a headache pill uh, to recover from it. Well, it also, what it sounds like is a preventative meta way of a dealing with a problem as opposed to, oh, you have a symptom, let me fix it. Absolutely. You know, prevention would be the best case scenario for everybody. Unfortunately, many people just seek help when they have symptoms or they have something that's not working because then they get alerted. Um, but yes, so holistic nutritionists love to work preventative so that you do not get to this point where, you know, maybe uh, a bigger intervention is needed. So we want to avoid that uh, in the first place. That's that's our main uh, you know, mission always. Um, but if someone's already down the rabbit hole of lots of symptoms and conditions and, and all of these things, we can still help them, you know, get the body back in balance. What are the kind of things that you would offer to help them get their body back in balance? Yeah, so of course we do a very thorough assessment and all of this is symptoms based. So I would not uh, necessarily need any blood tests or any, uh, you know, official diagnosis from your doctor. We were just having a conversation where I would ask you um, about you know, li your lifestyle, you know, your symptoms, uh, your history of things, just to make sense of you as a person and why what you're experiencing might be the case. So there's a very thorough assessment, symptom-based, and uh, you, um, how you present with your nutrition and your lifestyle. And then we're making sense of all of this, and then we craft a plan on how to go forward with, uh, you know, like lifestyle approaches and nutrition. Okay, so you're saying there are two, uh, two sides to this, nutrition and lifestyle, or both are both part of it? Absolutely. You know, that's the holistic the holistic view because it's never just one thing. 
you know, because if that would be the case, we would have the magic pill by now and we would just take it and everything goes away. Well, you but mean we don't have a magic pill already? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not aware of one. If you have it, then please share it with me. But uh, yeah, no, usually that's not how it works, right? We usually have always a combination of factors that lead us to where we are. And we need to, you know, dissect it and see, okay, so what's not really working in your favor and how can we change that? So yes, it's never just one thing. Uh, it is something in combination. That's that's the art, you know, of, of uh, helping the body, uh, you know, heal itself. Well, it just occurred to me to ask you a question like, can we come up with an example or it don't have to be an actual person or it could be based on someone we don't need a name or anything but mm -hmm. someone presents x y and z and what would you offer to them and what would they try if they're willing what would they do yeah so i can i can give you two different examples um so one example for example i uh, worked with a young man and he was very, very anxious all the time. He was biting his, his fingernails. He, he was you know, anxious to go to work every single day. And he had lots of digestive issue, upset stomach and cramps. And there were lots of days where he just didn't feel like he could function. Right. right. So, so what I did is I was making the connection for him between his gut what was happening in his digestive system and his anxiety because he never really thought that those were connected when in fact they were very well connected so as and and then we we worked on his gut health and his digestion and improved that and with that the anxiety lessened and he felt like he could function better right so it's always try to find what's most out of imbalance to correct it and then another case I'm thinking of was a young lady and she wanted to get pregnant and she couldn't figure out why she couldn't get pregnant. And she she felt she was uh, she had too much weight and she wanted to lose weight and she was just not in a good place. And then I said, well, let's work on balancing your hormones and bring you more back to a, a state where you feel that you're actually aligned and, and happy in your body. So we worked together for like four to six weeks and we improved her nutrition. I gave her some lifestyle tips so that she just could calm, calm herself down. And she lost a ton of weight in the process. And, and eventually she was able to uh, conceive a child. So all of these things can happen by just really looking what is blocking this from happening. What do you see mostly in new people's nutrition that you'd like them to change or you suggest they change? So the first thing that I always look at is how much processed food are you eating? Um, I think uh, in general, everybody can improve when they reduce their processed foods. Um, Let's that's there for a second. Yes. People may not understand what processed foods are. So how yes. would you define processed foods? Yeah, good question. So processed foods for me is basically everything that we have uh, touched as a human being and formed into a different form, <laughs> right? So basically, if you think everything that we put in a box, everything that we put in a packaging, if it doesn't grow in nature in the way you in the form you buy it, then it is in one way or another processed. Okay. So I mean, we, we of course we have little steps, right? There are more processed food and less processed foods. But usually as a, thumb, a, a rule of thumb, 
is if you cannot find it in the produce department or you know you can buy nuts or seeds or meats in its in its actual form then it's usually processed right that that brings a question is milk processed or is so yes so milk for example we it, it does qualify as a processed food because we are not taking the milk, milk directly from the cow and drink it right. that would be unprocessed but we you know like we homogenize it we pasteurize it sometimes we even add stuff to it like vitamins and calcium and all of these things and so yes then we you know we we handled it so then it becomes more processed and and do you think it's better not to have milk then well that always depends you know it always depends there are a lot of people who probably do not do very well with milk in general there are others who can drink it and it doesn't affect them much so this is always something that i would discuss with people on an individual basis because there's no general food that doesn't work for anybody it's like more people can handle it and some others cannot right, right? so that is very individualistic and then that brings up the subject we now have many many milks that are not milk like yeah. almond milk and, and other things what do you feel about those kinds of things drinks so of course the food industry has to adapt as more and more people are taking their health and their nutrition more seriously and discovering things like uh, dairy intolerance or lactose intolerance and these kinds of things and those people they don't do very well with milk. So the food industry said, okay, well, let's find an alternative for them. And we can, you know, make nut milks and we can do oat milks and, you know, all kinds of new milks will pop up as an alternative to, to regular dairy. And I think for some people where the choice would be either I'm having milk or I don't have anything, for them, it's of course better to have a different kind of milk, right? Nut milk, coconut or, or oats or whatever other milk that there is. So I think it's a good idea to offer alternatives. But again, we always also want to look at, uh, you know, how processed is that food? Is it actually better? Not, it's not always better, the more it's processed. Yes, understood, understood. So in that process of, of going back, it sounds like it's returning to a more natural diet. Absolutely. And getting away from certain aisles in the in in the supermarket absolutely and you know our ancestors did it right in that aspect you know when they didn't have all the access to this processed foods um, they actually fared better nutritionally because they grew their own food in the yard they knew a farmer where they could get some meat from they had chickens in the backyard you know in, in many ways that was more nutritionally sound than what we are eating today Right. There's been a tremendous change in the world since then. And there are, very few, there are not as many local communities that have farms and all and all. But still, yes. if you can go back and use that. And there are many more del uh, specialty stores that do offer some of these things. Yes. So that's that's good. Now, I want to just go back to a second about your first example had to do with hormones. How are hormones affected by nutrition? very much so actually because you know if you look at how hormones are uh, manufactured in the body right so a lot of hormones for example they get manufactured from cholesterol and so cholesterol needs building blocks in order to form and the building blocks are nutrients you know they're like vitamins and minerals that the body is 
is you know taking from your nutrition to produce and manufacture hormones so of course if we don't give them the nutrients um the body runs a little bit of a deficit to produce you know the correct amount of hormones that it needs because it just doesn't have it available it needs to take it from stores which depletes us nutritionally and in, in, in other areas right. right i mean the body manages but of course we want to keep it optimal and we want to eat in the way that our body has everything available that it needs to you know to manufacture hormones well that's interesting i i somehow i hadn't made the connection before but uh and when um people are lacking in the hormone production or correct balances. I've always of the, uh, having heard, I don't know for sure, that it leads to emotional or apparent emotional difficulties. Is that your experience? Yeah, I mean, we all know the roller coaster that teens go through, right? When in, pu <laughs> yeah. in puberty, it goes up and down with their mood. So you can see right there that there's a big hormonal connection, right? As the hormones, you know, uh, start to, you know, form, start to change the person. Also, the mood goes up and down because the body needs to find the optimal regulation in the body. And, and so that's why, you know, it, it is very much connected. And lots of people who are depressed, uh, we know, for example, they don't have enough uh, hormone production. You know, we, we also neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine, you know, they're all linked with each other. And, right. uh, and and so, yes, and they regulate the mood and they regulate hormone function in the body as well. And another example, also lots of people who have diabetes, which have like, you know, problem with insulin uh, right. in their body, they also struggle with their mental health, like lots of them do. And because there's this direct connection between the serotonin, the dopamine and the insulin and the cortisol. So they're all they're all linked. We can't really see them as an isolated incident, we have to we have to see them in connection. Well, can you tell from discussion with people when they talk about their symptoms, of what part of the hormones or what they're missing? I mean, you're using serotonin and other things, but usually I think of that as we have to have a blood test, but you're saying you don't necessarily have to have a blood test. So here's the thing thing that I always tell people, if you want an actual diagnosis, you would have to go see a doctor. Right. If you just want to know ways to try and help yourself get better, you don't necessarily need a diagnosis. And we can, with uh, questionnaires, we can, we can really pinpoint where the issue might be. We have uh, mood questionnaires, we have digestive questionnaires, and then I'm making the connection and I tell the people here, this is what I'm thinking. Does that resonate with you? And oftentimes people say, you know, like, I really think that that's, that's my problem. And then I'm saying, okay, well, this is what we can do nutritionally. This is what we can do lifestyle. You want to try it, you know, and, and it's a, it's a safe way because the worst thing that can happen is there's no improvement, right? right? So that's the worst thing. So I, I always say it's a fairly safe approach um, because nothing can really go go uh, really wrong. Like in case you, you get the wrong medication, you know, that can be detrimental. But that's not going to be the case in our in, in our work. Well, also, you've just touched upon something which I think is very important, what I would call a gut reaction. I mean, and, and one, of course, we're actually talking about issues in the gut and upset, but also instinct, also we know something is happening in our body. And if you help us 
to understand the algorithm. Oh, yeah, that's what's going on. Exactly. And, and you know, intuition is so powerful. And we have really lost the ability to give it credit over the last, you know, decades or two. Um, we always wanted to have everything backed up by, you know, blood tests, like proof, proof, proof. But, you know, our body has so much wisdom. Our body knows exactly what's going on, but we have lost the ability to listen to it. Well, so that's why I was... We, we stop listening. Stop listening. Yeah. We have stopped listening, but we we can listen again, right? And I always say, try to be courageous and accept what your body is telling you. It's not telling you a lie. It's telling you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. It's just like, you know, take it seriously and and be brave enough to trust in it and believe in it, in the, in the signals that you're getting. And also, you're, what you're doing is listening too. You're listening to what they're saying, and they're listening to their body. And between the two of you, you come <laughs> up with a pretty good idea of what's going on. Exactly. Together, we'll figure it out. That's usually how it works. Yes, it's always in. I always work with the people. I never prescribe anything saying you need to do this and this and this. I always ask, does what I just proposed to you, does that sound good for you? Do, do you resonate with this? Do you think you can do this? And if they say no, I don't, not at all. Then I say okay. Then you know, let's let's uh, let's see what else we can do until we find something that people say yes. You know, that really resonates with me. I want to go that route and try that. Right. Now you mentioned two examples, and one was a woman, and one was a man. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, is that is your practice a mixture for the most part? Because mostly you think of it as women. I do. And that yes. maybe my prejudice and so forth, but how is your practice? Yeah, great question. You know what? I think we really need to um, let the guys know that, you know, it's also for them. Because, you know, like all of us have hormones, men or women, but we associate hormones always with female problems. Correct, correct. Right? But that is not the case. Well, yes, we do have the female cycle and we need to take care of this. And, and guys, you know, don't necessarily need that same approach. But, you know, like we all have insulin. We all can have diabetes. We can all have heart disease. We all can have depression and anxiety. That is not specific to male or female. So I, I love working with both genders. They, de they do need different approaches and they usually have different symptoms. Um, but I think, you know, this work is important for everybody, not just women. I agree. I agree. I was, I was very fortunate. I've told this to many, many people. When I met Noelle, who is my wife and has been for 30 years, in the first few months of our dating, one of the questions she asked, and she's a health coach, one of the questions she asked, she said, have you ever considered having any vegetables along with your meat and potatoes <laughs> that, that, that changed my life that put me on a much better path and from there we've been going but yes that was a wise question to ask for sure but also <laughs> men and myself included during that time although i believe it's changing we're encouraged to eat those meat and potatoes and you know don't be a don't be a, a, a sissy and have vegetables <laughs> yeah no i agree with you it it is really hard to recover from that because there was this prejudice and bias out there so we but we definitely need to change this right because we can all benefit from we from vegetables <laughs> we can indeed and and actually this is the surprise that to me was i like vegetables I like, well, let me put it another way. I like vegetables that are cooked well as opposed, or raw, as opposed to what I think I experienced growing up with something that was overcooked and not, not very tasty. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It all really depends on how you prepare it. And, you know, I also saw a lot of people growing up on canned vegetables. And I mean, they're pretty much dead. There's nothing yes. in them in them anymore. And it tastes like mush. Yes, I, I completely understand if people say I don't like vegetables. Yeah, those ones, those vegetables, no one likes, right? You need to know how to prepare them and you need to, you know, like uh, make them so tasty. And, and there are tons of different ways how to make them tasty. And that's the fun about them. That's true. That's true. I discovered something amazing. I like to cook. And so nice. I, I enjoy cook, learning how to cook vegetables and other things. So I, I, we'll, we'll let all men do that. We'll allow men into the club. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Come and join us. It is really fun hanging out here. <laughs> absolutely. Now, we've been going through two years and maybe a little more than that of a pandemic. How has that affected you and, and how do you see people's health that you're seeing being affected by this? Yeah, so I think we have not even started to understand the health effects these last two years had on us. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the virus, but I'm talking about, you know, our mental health, our yeah. behavior around um, other people, uh, our behavior around food. Because I mean, if you think about it, we are sitting inside our house for two years. Uh, only ever so often are we allowed to get outside, you know, if we're not on a lockdown. Um, so we live basically next to our fridge and we, we started grazing, right? We started to, you know, like food's always available whenever, whatever, who cares about a meal? I'm just, you know, having some snacks here, having some snacks there. So that's if we continue this habit going down the path, this can really lead to a lot of metabolic issues. Um, so I'm talking about diabetes, I'm talking about over, um, over being overweight, um, also, like mental health challenges, you know, early onset of uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, because we have formed unhealthy habits with our food, but also, of course, we, we struggle with our mental health, right, because of the pandemic, because we couldn't do what we wanted to do, and there were rules and regulations and fear. And so all of this plays together. So we have the lifestyle component and the environment that's putting a strain on us and our behavior towards food. And then we want comfort food because we feel sad. Comfort foods usually tend to be the not so healthy foods. You know, so all of this comes together and, and forms our new being, our new normal, right? And the way of, of living. But one thing yeah. I, I would add to that, and I have discovered because I feel the same effect of, you know, looking at, we have a lovely place that I live in, but staying in here all day long, every day is not a good idea. So I make my sure I get myself out for a walk in the beginning of the day in the morning and just seeing the sky, just seeing the trees, just seeing the change of seasons makes a very big difference, I think, in my emotional status. Yes, it does. And, and it's actually scientifically proven that we need the sunlight and yes. we need the fresh air uh, to regulate our, our body. So that is actually true. And I always, when, when I do the lifestyle work with people, I always say, you know, let's form good habits in the realm of what we can do, you know, what we're allowed to do and going out for a walk, you know, unless we're sick is something that we can all do every day. And we should do because it helps us uh, stay healthy and, you know, it helps our immune system to stay healthy as well. Right. And that's good. One thing, though, that seems to be true for a lot of people that I've talked to about these last two years 
is the level of activity has dropped. And yes. even though let's say I go for a walk, I'm still not as active as I was two years ago. And the muscles respond to that, not in a good way, I'm afraid. That is so true. Yes, it's, you know, like a lot of things have become a little bit harder if we compare it to before. And that's really where we also need to look at the mindset. Um, yes. when when we we have to determine for ourselves okay so how can we exercise even if we cannot leave the house you know what is there what can we do and you know that is really a part of we have to tap into our resourcefulness and our creativeness to find ways you know to maybe work out you know lift uh water bottles or weights right. or anything right to, to maintain muscle mass um, you know, like go up the stairs, up and down all day, you know, like we have to really find a new routine uh, with what we have available at this point um, to make this work. And this is also a, a new part of my work when helping people coming up with these resources so that they do not feel they are, you know, stuck and they're, they're moving backwards instead of forward. Well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I've, I hadn't thought about that, but milk, milk containers, gallons are pretty heavy stuff. You could, they are pretty heavy, yes. <laughs> you could do some good workouts with that. I also found that working with a, a physical therapist in really small exercises with doing them all every day and the muscles go, thank you, and I appreciate it. Absolutely, and absolutely you know, and what I do every morning before I start my day, I do yoga. So like, because I love it anyway, so it's not hard for me to, to, to do it. But I, I feel my body craves it also. Like I feel it if I don't do it. My body's saying, hey, what's going on? Why are we not doing yoga today? So you can really develop a new habit that is good for you and that your body kind of wants every day in order to stay fit and flexible and, and healthy. I would agree with you entirely. When I, getting up in the morning is like, oh my God, I get up again. And you know, the day is going to be much the same. Not that it's bad, not that it's terrible, but the body's going, I'm not ready. But if you can come up with what you do with yoga or my, my little new exercises, it's somehow the, everything shifts. And I go, okay, after about a half hour, I'm ready. I'm ready to, get to, to go for the day. So that's Absolutely. good advice. Good advice. Yes. Now, I have one question before we're, we're almost out of time, but uh, I do. I am fascinated by something. You have a wonderful name for what you, your organization is. It's but let me see if I can just start. It's but, butterfly. Yeah, butterfly who holistic nutrition. Yes. Tell me where that. I love it. How? Where did that come from? Yeah, I tell you the story behind the butterfly. Um, so you know when I started my my own health journey, um, I was diagnosed with. Um, hypothyroidism and Hashimoto, which is an autoimmune uh, condition right. for the thyroid. And um, when when I started researching all about it, because I, I became obsessed about this, I wanted to know what is the thyroid? What does it? Why is it not working? You know, all of these lovely things. I discovered that the, butter, the, the shape of the organ uh, looks like a butterfly. It has these two little lobes that are sitting in your throat. And uh, so this organ actually looks like a butterfly. And I, I just love that so much. And then I was like, this is, this is amazing. And then when I started digging even more and I, I looked at the spiritual component of the thyroid, um, I discovered that the butterfly in the spiritual world or sense 
is the sign of transformation, of the highest transformation. But of course, of course. So that's why I said, what better symbol can represent my business than the honoring the, the, the organ, the thyroid, and honoring the highest level of transformation. Transformation. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for explaining that. That's wonderful. As I said, we're almost out of time. So <clears throat> before we do run out of time, if someone is listening and is as fascinated as I have been with what wonderful things you're saying, but they'd like to know some more, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so I would say go to my website and from there you can book a call with me or you can send me an email, be on my newsletter. Um, however you like to uh, be in touch or stay in touch with me. I'm also on social media. I have a YouTube channel, but you can find all of this information on my website. And my website is butterflyholisticnutrition.ca. .ca. Very good. Butterflyholisticnutrition.ca. Well, that's wonderful. Well, Pamela, thank you so much. You have wonderful information and a wonderful way of delivering it. So I thank, thank you, you so for much. being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Take good care now. Bye-bye.